Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. For God, so what everybody? God so loved the world that he did what? He gave his one and only son. That whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. The next verse is very important. Most of us know the first, but don't know the next one. For God did not send his son into the world to what, everybody? To condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Would you do me a favor right now, everybody? Would you just hold your hands out like this, bow your heads, and would you say this prayer after me, repeat it after me? Let's do it. Dear God, I'm here today. I open my mind and my heart. Fill me, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. And Listen, if you do not have a hard copy of the Bible in your house, please take this one with you. Take the Bible that you have. It's our gift to you. We want to make sure that everybody has a Bible in their home. Today, I want, to, I want to talk to you about what we just read. The words that we're using today are choose love. Matter of fact, they're coming on the screen. I'd like for you to say those two words with me. Let's say them together. You ready? Here we go. Choose love. Choose love. Those two words, choose love. What we understand is that that's exactly what God did for you and I, is that he chose love. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Choose love. On this Easter Sunday, I want us to understand that we, most of us don't get the word love. Love has been so perverted in our culture today. Because even in our songs that we sing, when we sing about, we think love songs, they're not love songs, they're lust songs. They sound something like this. If you want my body and you think I'm sexy. Now, some of you about threw up right there, I understand. That's what we begin to think is when it comes to love songs. They're lust songs. Our definition of biblical love is not, is not it, love is not a feeling, everybody. Love's an action. It's something that you do. God so loved the world that he gave. Amen? And so we have biblical love, and biblical love means doing, biblical love is doing good for another person no matter how you feel. We find this in 1 John 3 and 18. 1 John 3 and 18, it tells us this. It says, little children, look what he says. Let us stop just saying we want everybody, love people, and let us really love them and show it by how? Our actions. So love that has no actions is no good. Amen, everybody? And so God demonstrated his love. God so loved the world that he acted. He gave his one and only son for you. So God is not just talking that he loves you. He's actually proven that he's loved you. And so today, there's three acts of love Jesus shows for you 
that I want to I want to share with you today because I want to convince you that God loves you. But also, I want to tell you this, that over the next six weeks, if you want your life to get better, if you want your relationships to get better, then I want to tell you that over the next six weeks, you want to hang in here with us because we're going to talk about love. And love elevates everything. And I'm not talking about the little feelings. I'm talking about stuff that will change your life. Love is actions. And so we have a biblical definition, as we just said, on, in your outline. There's three things I want to share with you, and here they are. The first one is this, is that he died on a cross in your place. Jesus died on a cross in your place to show you his love. The Bible says it very clearly in Romans 5. Look what the verse says. It says this, God demonstrates, notice that word, God demonstrates his own love for us in this way. Watch this. While we were still what, everybody? Sinners, okay? Then, then when we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Now, I want to tell you this, that Christ died for us. Now, watch this. Most people think when we come to Easter weekend that Jesus was killed. He had no choice about it. I want you to know that Jesus had a choice, everybody. He did not have to die. I want to prove this to you, okay? Because on the night that they come to falsely arrest Jesus for crimes he did not do, When they come to arrest him, they brought a a, a little regiment of soldiers to come and arrest him. It was in the middle of the night, and Jesus was with his followers, and one of those pulled out a sword and said, oh, no, you're not. But look what Jesus said. The Bible says this in Matthew. It says, Jesus told the disciple, he said, put your sword back in its place. Jesus said to him, for all who draw the sword will die by the sword. Do you think I cannot call to my father? And he will at once put at my disposal more than how many, everybody? Twelve legions of angels. Now, let me explain that to you. Because when you just read the word legion, you don't really understand what that means. But in Jesus' day, there was a Roman uh, government that was in charge. And a, and a regiment of soldiers was about 6,000, so they called him a legion. That means there were 6,000 soldiers. When they said, I got a legion of soldiers, that means there were 6,000 soldiers available. What Jesus was saying is that nobody's taken my life because at the little utterance, if I were to say, okay, God, I can't take this anymore. Come and get me. He sends 72,000 angels right now to get me. You're not taking my life. I'm giving my life. Amen, everybody? Nobody killed Jesus. He gave his life. Amen, everybody? That's important to understand. Why? Because God chose love. God so loved. Choose love, everybody. Choose love. Understanding this, the cross that we, the Good Friday we just celebrated, watch this. The cross was all about who's going to die. Who's going to die? Because this is what had to happen, everybody. You may not understand this, but I hope after today you will is that because you and I were born into a sinful world that we have sinned, we have done things against God. Everybody in this room, no matter what your age, has done things against God. Listen, Friday night, we had one of our Easter services, and we had, we had an Easter egg hunt uh, planned, of course, outside, but we couldn't do it, so we did it inside, Friday night and Saturday night. And we had a, a, a first-time guest come. They brought their kids, and, and, and the little child went into the room upstairs, and they saw the room full of eggs all over the floor. And the child walked in the room and said, Holy sh... (Laughter) <laughs> <laughs> 
even at a small age. Amen? I know they didn't hear that from their parents. <laughs> We've all sinned, amen? Now, here's the deal. Because of your sin and my sin, we were bound for hell. Because we, our sin would not allow us to go to a holy God. So, Jesus had to come because he was perfect. He never sinned. And the only way that we could get into heaven is the one who had never sinned had to take our sins on. And he had to die for those sins and become a perfect sacrifice in order that we can go to heaven. And so, the whole time that Jesus is going to the cross, the devil is trying to talk him out of it. Because if Jesus saves himself, he can't save you and he can't save me. And we hear this in the scripture. Listen to it. In Luke's gospel, we begin to see how that the devil begins to try to talk Jesus out of going to the cross. Look what it says. And Lucas says this, the people stood watching and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, he saved others. Let him what, everybody? Save you hear that? How the crowd is beginning to cry that save yourself. He's in pain, everybody. He's hurting. He's been beaten really bad. He's bleeding and he's hurting and he knows the cross is coming and, and they're treating him bad. And I guarantee you that he wants to save himself. And listen, he has 72,000 angels that will come. Just the breath of that word, they'll come. And he knows it's right there. And the devil's trying to talk him into calling the angels. He goes on and says, look what happens. He says, he saved others, let him save himself. If he's a Christ of God, the chosen one. Then the soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine and vinegar and said that if you are the king of the Jews, what's those two words, everybody? You see that? The devil's trying to talk him into saving himself. Even when he gets on the cross, look what happens. It says this. If you're the king of Jews, save yourself. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Christ? What's those next two words, everybody? Save yourself. Save yourself and us. Do you see what happened there? Is that the devil was constantly trying to get Jesus to save himself because he had the power to save himself. And if he were to got selfish just for a second, you and I would be on our way to hell. But because he was selfless and because he thought about you and you and you and you and you and you and you, because he thought about all of us today, he took the, he endured the cross and he saved us by leaving him, letting himself be killed or put to death on a cross. And you must always understand that. And when you choose love, when you choose love, the world still screams at all of us today. Think about yourself. Think about yourself. Think about yourself. Have it your way. But when you choose love, you become selfless, everybody. And the world says be selfish. Amen? So Jesus died on the cross in your place to show you his love. You remember? We talked about biblical love is doing good for another person no matter how I feel. It's an act. It's not a feeling. It wasn't how Jesus didn't feel good about anybody that was crucified, but he loved them and he loved you. The second thing I will tell you is this, is that he made God's forgiveness available to you. Remember, it was his dying on the cross that makes God's forgiveness available to you. You got to picture this with me. Many times I'll put images up on the screen, but I wanted you to get the own image in your, this image in your own mind yourself. So walk with me. Again, here we see that Jesus has been beaten brutally. He's had lashes on his back. His blood has been flowing. 
And now that the Roman soldiers there are making fun of him, they call him king of the Jews. And so they have taken now and they have woven together a crown. They made a crown out of thorns, everybody. And they took that crown of thorns and they placed it on his head and they pushed it down. Those thorns were about that long. They pushed them down into his scalp and now blood is flowing. It's going across his eyes and he can't hardly see because the blood is coming down. And they've got him to the cross and they've nailed this hand and this hand to the cross and now blood is streaming down his arm and they've taken his feet and they've put them together and they've nailed his feet together and blood is just flowing out of his body. And here he is so weakened because he's lost so much blood. And, the, and they tell us, historians tell us that, that his blood, his, his chest is beginning to filled with fluid because he can't breathe properly. And the only way that he can breathe is he gets muster up a little strength to raise himself up. And with one of the last breath, when he raises himself up, he yells something with one of those last breath that's very important to you and it's very important to me. And he says these words in Luke 23, look what he says from the cross, Jesus says this, he says, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And the Bible says, and they divided up his clothes by casting lots. In other words, while he was saying, forgive them, they were gambling for his clothes, and the crowd was still crying, crucify him. Now, let me just tell you something. If you did something against me, maybe in a day or so, I could forgive you. But if you're sitting here slapping me and saying, saying, saying all kinds of things about me, and you're hitting me physically... I don't think in that moment I'm going to forgive you. Matter of fact, my words to God are not going to be, God, forgive them. My words are going to be like, Holy Spirit, help me. I'm going to put a whooping on them. <laughs> Amen, everybody? Now, if you're from the South, you understand what whooping means. And so would you. This is why we have to get the picture. It's from his pain. When everybody's screaming, crucify him, and everybody's doing everything wrong that they can, mentally, physically, they're doing everything they can to abuse him. And from that moment, he yells out, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. God's forgiveness is available to you because Jesus Christ died in your place. Watch this. Now, let's talk about something. There's something that separates all of us. This word right here. Whoa, hello there. What's that word, everybody? Sin. Sin. Let me tell you about this word. That word separates us. When there's something that I've done against you or you've done against me, there's a separation. Would you agree with that? Matter of fact, if you don't believe it, go to Thanksgiving dinner when your, your relative owes you some money. Amen? That turkey is tough to chew because there's separation. You agree with that? When, when, when somebody has said something about you on social media, one of your family members, and you're going to see them at Thanksgiving, oh, it ain't like, hey, how you doing? No, it's like, uh-uh. uh-uh. Separation. Everybody get that? Separation. So our sins against one another separates us. Even though we may be in close proximity, we're still separated. Amen? And so 
So the problem is this, is that when we, so when we say, please forgive me for what I did to you, uh, and you might say, okay, well, I forgive you. And this is the way that we forgive like this. This is the way we forgive. We forgive like this. We say, okay, I forgive. What I mean is that I, I forgive you, but still it's in my mind, right? And still, I can't help it. But when I see you, I still think about, I don't want to slap you. Yeah. Yeah, you, you, are, you know what I'm talking about? Am I real here, everybody? Is this right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's still here. It's still here. It's still, still in my mind. And so the problem with that is this, is that we think that God forgives the same way. And so that's why, that's why what you did 20 years ago, 10 years ago, five years ago, 10 months ago, that you said, God, forgive me, I'm so sorry, that every time that you start thinking about God, that all of a sudden this pops in your mind again, and you think that God still remembers your sin, and so you don't want to talk to God because it embarrasses you, amen? But see, you got it wrong, because Jesus made God's forgiveness available. Look what 1 John 1 and 9 says. It says this, if we confess our sins, notice that, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to what everybody and to what everybody and to what everybody cleanse that's right cleanse us what does that look like I'm glad you asked I'm going to show you cleanse oh that looks like this I'm going to wash that sin right out of my I'm going to. Oh, look at this. Wait a minute. Now, the people that's coming into the next service, when they see this board on here like you just saw it, they will never know what was on this board, will they? They'll never know. The reason they'll never know is because the board has been cleansed, everybody. And God says, because Jesus died on the cross in your place and in my place, whenever you say, forgive me, that God Almighty cleanses that out of his mind, he doesn't remember it anymore. So you don't have to be embarrassed. You don't have to creep your way in. You can go boldly to the throne of grace, everybody. You've been forgiven. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Be nice, Jeff. Settle down. Settle down. Settle down. It's Easter. Don't want to embarrass nobody. But when I think about that, God wants me to tell you something. Here's what he wants me to tell you. Would you please quit reminding him of something that you did 10 years ago? Because he doesn't remember it. It's been cleansed. He doesn't remember your sins anymore. So quit talking about the past and let's move on to the future. Amen, everybody. Cleanse. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Mm. All right, I got to move on. The third thing is that Jesus is seeking you out. He's seeking you out. See, some of us think we've been hiding and he don't want anything to do with us, but he's seeking you out. It's amazing to me what his mission was. Look in Luke 19 and 10. Look what the Bible says his mission was. For the Son of Man come to what, everybody? Seek and save who? 
And let me tell you something. If you don't have a relationship with him, you're lost. You're lost. So many people right now are saying, I'm lost. Just lost. When Jesus was raised from the dead, he appeared to people after, 40 days after. You know, if it would have been one thing, we said, okay, well, I, you know what? I'm going to come back, and he never come back. And we said, well, his body's not there anymore. They would have said, well, somebody stole it. But because he appeared to people for over 40 days after his resurrection, then we can't deny he's back. Now, I don't know about you, but if I was Jesus, I thought, who would I appear to? If I was Jesus, I think the person that I would, the people I would appear to first was the ones who come and arrested me that night. I think I would have went to that people that put me on trial falsely. I would have come to him and said, I'm back. <laughs> I think I would have went and found Pontius Pilate, the governor of the Roman world who ordered him to be executed. I think I would have found Pilate and said, I'm back. But that's not what he did. It's amazing to me who Jesus made sure to appear to. There's three people, and in these three people, you're probably going to find yourself in one of the three. The first one was Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene, Mary Magdalene the immoral. The Bible says that when Jesus had met her earlier, he cast seven demons out of her. Seven demons. She was one of the most immoral people that you could ever find. And sexually, she'd done everything that you could do sexually wrong. She'd done it. She had all the shame, all the scars to show it. But yet, it was one of the people that he made sure to show up to. Look what happens here. It says, after the Sabbath, at the dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. Now, when they got to the tomb... An angel was there, okay? And so the angels began to speak, and look what happened. The guards were so afraid of him, the angel, that they shook and become like what, everybody? Yeah. Look what happened to those brave soldier men. They fainted. And look, the women are still standing. Okay, just saying. All right, here we go. The angel said to the, men, the, angel said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He is what, everybody? He's risen. He's risen. Just as he said, come and see the place where he lay. What I want to tell you is this, is that her bad reputation did not keep Jesus from appearing to her. Her bad past did not scare Jesus away. So I want to tell every one of you and every one of you that are watching online right now, you have been running from Jesus because of your past. Listen, he's not afraid of your past. He's showing up to you today. The second one is this. His name is Thomas. We call him Thomas the Doubter. Look at their own words in the scripture. Now Thomas, one of the 12, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So after Jesus had, was risen from, had raised from the, been raised from the dead, he'd appear to all the other followers, but Thomas wasn't with them at that time. He says, so the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord, but he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, would you shout out these next four words? Let's read them. 
I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to who? Put your fingers here. See my hands? Reach out your hand and put them in my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. And what I want to say to you is this, is that Thomas looked at all the circumstance of his day and he seen Jesus be crucified. He was thinking, if he was really the son of God, why would he let himself be crucified? If he's the son of God, why didn't he straighten out every wrong? And many of you are sitting here today and you have doubts because you see bad things happening to good people and you think, how can there be a God? Let me tell you something. There's things that I can't under explain, but it does not change the fact that he is my Lord and my God and he's a savior of the world and he is who he said he was. And what I want you to know is all your doubts do not scare him away. Amen, Amen everybody. Amen. All your doubts don't scare me. Then there's a third guy I want to introduce you to. Jesus appeared to his name is Simon Peter and Peter the betrayer. He's a betrayer. Let me set it up for you. On the night that Jesus was put on trial during the night, he had a friend by the name of Simon Peter who said, I'd never leave you. You can count on me. I'm going with you all the way, Jesus. But the very night that he was, he needed him the most, Simon Peter ran. Matter of fact, he followed at a distance. He could see what was going on, but he wouldn't get close enough to be a witness. He could have come to Jesus' side and said, no, that man's not done anything wrong, but he was scared. He ran. And people out there were standing around him and said, you have to be one of his followers, right? He said, I don't know the man. And then somebody else said, well, you sound like him. Surely you've got you've to be one of his followers. No, not me. And then finally, a, a little, little young lady comes up and says, I think I saw you with him. And he began to curse, the Bible says, and says, I don't know him. He denied him. Have you ever been denied? When you needed somebody, they walked out on you? And that's exactly what happened. But look, Jesus shows up to him. Now, after the resurrection, the, the disciples, are, the followers of Jesus are getting back together and Simon Peter's heard about it. So he's sort of sitting in the back of the crowd and Jesus calls them out. Look what he says. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. The third time, he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus had asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things and you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. What I want to share with you is this, is that Jesus is always seeking you out. Just like he sought these people out after the resurrection. Even though Mary Magdalene, who was called Mary the Immoral, he sought her out. Even though Thomas had all these doubts, he sought him out. And even though the Simon Peter had betrayed him, like many of you, I'm sitting in this room, you said at one time in your life, I want to follow Jesus, and you have walked away from him, and you feel like you have denied him, and you feel such guilt and shame that you don't even want to talk to him. I want to tell you today, he's here seeking you out. He's seeking you out. He's seeking you out.
How do I know that? Because the last book of the Bible is called the book of Revelations. And this is what the Bible tells us is going to happen in the end time, is that all these events are going to happen. And the first thing that Jesus says in this book are, are found in Revelations 3 and 10. And his first three words, look what he said. Would you shout these words out with me? Come on, you ready? Here I am. Let's say them again. Here I am. And let me just tell you something. He's here right now as well. Let me prove to you how he's here. You say, I can't see him. Would you do me a favor? Would you put your hand right in front of your face like this? Everybody, everybody, everybody. Let me see. Everybody. Now, on the count of three, we're going to blow on our hand. But if you did not brush your teeth, you do not do it. So if I don't see your hand in front of your face, I'm assuming you didn't brush your teeth. Am I looking right now? All right, here we go. Yes. On the count of three. You ready? One, two, three. Did you feel that, everybody? Did you feel that wind? Did everybody feel the wind? You telling me wind hit your hand? I didn't see it. It couldn't have happened. I didn't see it. If I didn't see it, it's not possible, right? What's wrong, everybody? You're sort of sitting still. You're telling me that wind hit, something hit your hand. I didn't see it. And many of you are saying the same thing about Jesus. I don't see him. He's supposed to show up, but I'm not seeing him. Well, I want to tell you something. He's like the wind is the way the scriptures describes him. His spirit is that you never see him, but you will feel his effects. Amen, everybody. And that's why he says in Revelations 3.10 this. He says, right now, I'm standing at the door and I'm, I'm knocking. I'm knocking. Look what he says. And I will come in and eat with you, with that person, and they with me. Now, I, didn't, I used to didn't understand. What do you mean? Jesus, you're going to come in and eat with me. How can you come on inside of me and eat with me? No, that's what, what he wasn't talking about, physical meal. In their culture, in their day, it was, it was very common for someone who was passing through a stranger to go to a door of someone and knock on the door. And if the person opened the door and invited them in, they would actually maybe even spend the night with them or feed them and get to know them. And Jesus said, you've got the door. Your heart is the door right now. Your home is your life. Well, right now, I'm at the door. I may have been like a stranger to you, but I'm standing at the door right now. And if you'll just open up your heart's door, I'll step in. And we'll do life together. And you can begin to have peace like you've never had before. But you got to let me in. So today, I hope that you'll let him in. I'd like for you to take out that card that we gave you because it's a spiritual survey I want to do today. And I want to ask everybody to participate. I'm going to ask you, please, no one check a box until I, after I, until I say check a box, okay? Because I want to tell you what they mean first. The letter A, don't check a box. Nobody, you get your pens ready, but nobody check a box until I tell you to. The letter A means this. Pastor Jeff, I am actively following Jesus. I have a, I, if my relationship is, is hot, my heart is hot for God. The letter B means this, is that today, today, I want to become a follower of Jesus. I want him to save me today. I want to open up the door and let him in today. Letter C means this, Pastor Jeff, I'm considering becoming a follower of Christ. And I just want to say to every one of you that's considering, thank you. And I want you to know that this church is a place you can come. You don't have to give anything. You don't have to do anything. You can come and sit and consider. 
And letter D, letter D is this, is that I don't ever intend to become a follower of Christ. You say, Pastor Jeff, why would you ever say that? Why would you have me check that box? I'll tell you why. Here it is. The reason I'm having you check that box is because I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. Right now, on the count of three, eyes on your own paper. Ready? On the count of three. One, two, three. Check the box. Check the box. Put your, put your, put your card down. Look at me. For all of, you that, all of you that check the box B, I want to pray for you right now because I'm going to lead you in a prayer. If you believe this in your heart, it'll start a whole new destination. And you will say, Easter, April the 9th, 2023, my life changed. Would you bow your heads, everybody? If you'd like to, if you'd like to receive Christ as your Savior today, become a Christ follower, then I want you to say this prayer, not out loud, but in your heart. He'll hear you. Dear Lord Jesus, Come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Help me to do what's right. Save me, Lord Jesus. I want to live for you. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on that cross and being raised again. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Amen. Amen, everybody. Come on, let's give God a hand for all the people that prayed that prayer. Welcome to God's family. All of you online as well. Welcome to God's family. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net. And click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.